It's not always easy to find the positive. You might even need to search for happiness. Sometimes, just a little inspiration can make the difference. Here, it comes from unexpected places. Welcome to the Tangential Inspiration Podcast. Hi, I'm Teresa. And I'm Amy. We are two ordinary moms looking for inspiration wherever we can find it. My takeaway when I had read Lady Gaga's book, Channel Kindness, was to do my own Be Kind 21 list. Oh, yeah. For, and I know it's supposed to be in September for, you know, paying it forward and random acts of kindness and whatnot. But I'm going to do it in the month of April. And some things are related to Earth Day. Like, I want to, well, and you are joining me with plogging. Yes, that was so fun. That was super fun. <laughs> I want to do. Should we tell um, people what that is? Well, I'm going to go into Okay, so I'll, second, we'll hold up. Organizing the food drive. Oh yeah, we're gonna do that for Mother's Day. That'll be fair. so. Gotta get on that. So that's on my twenty-one list. Um, I want to feed the squirrels. Oh, like I keep talking about bringing nuts when we're running the trail. Yeah, and, and I keep forgetting about that. But I want to do a beach cleanup with my family. I want to do a Greta-inspired protest. Yes, on Friday. Yes, so that's on my twenty-one list. I want to make a fun, bright, happy playlist to share with people. I want to not complain for a day. Oh, that's, that's a good one. Huge. <laughs> My family will be very excited about that. Definitely want to support a local business, which I think what we need to do. Yes. With our thousandth download, I think we should go to um, the wine bar that the syndicate wine bar that I yeah. I want you guys to try. And we should take our bulletin board with our map and pinpoint all the places that have Oh, that would be so, so fun. It'll be supporting local, and we'll get excited with the, talking about the downloads. And then I want to paint some happy rocks. Oh, yes, I know. Sure, so that's on my list. I want to write a gratitude letter, and I want to make a care package for a soldier. Oh. The other thing that we could yeah. do together is um, bags for homeless. Oh, yeah. Little baggies that I've done before with, um, like, toothbrush, toothpaste. Um, you could do ladies' ones with... Feminine hygiene products I love that. because yeah. they don't have that. You know. So yeah, I've also I made my huge list. I'm very excited to get working on it. My person that inspired me is in India. A young man named Nandu Kiss was out photographing a lake near his village. He was on a bridge over part of the lake and noticed people throwing empty plastic drink bottles over the side of the bridge. Which, you uh-huh. know, during Earth Day, we're yeah. like, oh my, that's absolutely inappropriate. But First, he was confused with why so many people were flagrantly littering into the lake, and then he saw why. From under the bridge, an older man in a small canoe boat came paddling along and scooped up the plastic bottles, putting them into his boat. You've probably seen the pictures of this. Wow. His boat was already nearly filled with plastic bottles. Nandu took a photograph from his vantage point on the bridge, and afterwards he met with the man whose photograph he had just taken. N.S. Rapon? I'm probably mispronouncing that as a 72-year-old man who was paralyzed from the waist down due to polio. Oh. He contracted that when he was five. Okay. Oh. For 15 years, Rajapan has been living near Vimbadag Lake and cleaning its waters of plastic to make his living each day. He lives in a small shack near the edge of the water and drags himself to his boat every day where he can have some mobility on the water. He nets the bottles and recycles the bottles each day. People know about Rajabhan and throw bottles to him, which he scoops up with a smile. Oh. I know. Filling his boat with plastic bottles and recycling them only makes him about 17 cents a day. Oh. But that's enough for him to buy a meal. 
He stores up the bottles and takes them in with the help of his sister. Rajapan says, quote, somebody should remove the waste from the water. I'm doing what is possible for me. He's proud that he's making a difference in the environment, and he's happy to have found a way that provides a small living and a way that he can help save the planet. Rajapan has never been able to work for a regular, like at a regular job. Right. Which just, he has never been given the opportunity to go to school and lives with his sister, who's a day worker. The young photographer, Nandu, who published the story and the picture on his Facebook page, it started getting reposted, obviously went viral. Yeah. Eric Solheim, who's the head of the United Nations Environmental Program, caught wind of the post and said, let's make this guy famous, which amplified the story even further, which, of course, I love that. Yeah. The Indian Prime Minister, Narendra Modi, took note of Rajapan and commended him on his monthly radio address in February 2021 stating how impressive it was for a man like Rajapan to do his part in caring for the environment. I've seen one more news from Kerala, which reminds me of our responsibilities. There is a Divong elderly person in Kerala's Kodiman, N.S. Rajapan. He's unable to walk due to paralysis, but his commitment toward cleanliness has not faded. For the past several years, he rose his boat, in the Bimbabon Lake and clears all the plastic bottles. Imagine how highly he thinks. We must also take inspiration from Rajapanji and contribute towards cleanliness as far as possible. I think that's quite a statement. Yeah. That would make me feel really good if someone shared that about me. But the viral spread of the story has had a positive outcome for Rajapan as well. Local businessman bought him a new boat with a motor. Oh, great. I know. That's awesome. So he can, like, probably double at least his... His intake. There's a plan to build Rajapan a new home, something he sorely needs because some serious storm damage to the shack in which he currently resides. And a company in Bangalore, which makes wheelchairs, presented him a motorized oh, wheelchair. Awesome. So Rajapan and Andu have become friends, and Andu sometimes hosts Rajapan for dinner and his family. When the story of the Prime Minister of India commending Rajapan yeah. broke, Andu had him over for dinner so they could. Watch the coverage on television. Oh, what a nice little friendship. I I love that. This man lived 68 years paralyzed from the waist down without crutches or wheelchair. He lives in a shack and has to work all day to earn enough money for one meal. Yet he still found a way to do his part to make the world a cleaner place. If he can do that. Oh, gosh. What small. I know. (laughs) What small ways can we contribute to make our planet cleaner? For sure. And his, his quote was, I hope my work will help others realize how plastic waste pollutes our lakes and rivers which very sweet not nearly the same capacity but a reminder that every little bit helps i'm excited to take up plugging of april so i was inspired by a story i read about a man named sam akbar who started a group called charvel matters this was pre-COVID. They met monthly to pick up litter throughout the community in the London area. The group had been getting together, but in the past year, they haven't been able to, obviously, because of COVID. But Mr. Akbar and his partner, Tasman Morgan, have decided to plug in the meantime. Oh. I heard about this a few years ago and even got my boot camp to do it one morning. So we did it in boot camp, but what made me super excited was hearing one boot camper added it to her walking routine with a friend. Oh, yeah. And she packed gloves and was super excited to talk about her hauls that she found. Oh. She took pictures and posted it, which was very cute. 
Blogging started over five years ago in Sweden due to concerns with increased levels of plastic. So yeah. you gotta love Sweden. Yeah. Also gave us another running phrase, fartlek, which oh. is all speed play. Yeah. So both of those are from Sweden. Mr. Akbar noted that they've seen an increase in PPE litter. He's excited yeah. to be staying. Well, obviously, yeah. masks. Masks. I've read that. And, yeah. And even when we did it the other day, ton of masks. Yeah. I mean, even fabric masks. Nice ones. Yeah. Nice. New fabric mm-hmm. masks. He's excited to be staying in shape and cleaning up the planet at the same oh. time. He said, because you're starting and stopping and bending down to pick up litter, it becomes more like interval training with lots of squats. It's good for those hamstrings. <laughs> I know. Good stretch. stretch yeah. <laughs> This is a great way of showing people that you can get fit and do something fun with your kids and something positive for the environment. There is a plogging group in Portland. Oh! I did join. They sent me a welcome letter. Um, They'll resume on Saturday mornings once we're on the other side of this COVID mess. But they have the hashtag, do more good, which I think right there says it all. Totally. Can't wait to do that this month. You know that every once in a while I like the wild words from my wild woman. Oh, yeah. Calendar. yeah. And this was on there recently. Judith Martin, the supremely snide Miss Manners. <sighs> she had, if you can't be kind, at least be vague. Oh. Which I yeah. think is good advice because it's not hard to be kind. Which is a little yeah introduction into the book that I read, Kindness Diaries. And I'm going to start by saying that the book sounds... Like the most miserable trip ever, <sighs> but also one of the most uplifting adventures at the same time. And I'm going to go into spoiler alert. So okay. if you want to read the book, yeah. if you want to, um, then maybe back up. But the premise of the book by Liam Logothetis and the Netflix series is one man circumnavigating the globe with only the power of kindness. Oh, wow. Craziness. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but... He traveled all around the world without money, relying on the kindness of strangers as a social experiment, using his bright yellow 1978 motorcycle with a sidecar that he named Kindness One. What? I know, which is super sweet. So, what, did he have to do anything before he started this adventure with the bike, or? I think he took, like, an hour, tr- like, class on okay. bike repair and maintenance. All right. But in general, no. He did okay. not. Well, he did comment that he knew how to do something with a clutch so he's a step above me but but it would be like me out riding a motorbike across the country pretty much it seemed like no offense to leon yeah sorry to say he only had the clothes on his back he had a backpack and his laptop to keep in touch with his girlfriend Uh but he definitely didn't have money and he didn't have a cell phone i love hearing heartwarming stories of kindness probably more than anyone else and this book is filled with them. I also like to know that I'm going to have a shower, um, which he didn't. Wow, I yeah. want to know where my next meal, and most importantly, where I'm going to sleep for the night. And those were definitely unknown throughout the book. So that yeah. would be super That's stressful. That's anxiety-provoking. Yeah, I, I <laughs> could not do this. But all of those necessities were unknown for Leon since he was truly... Relying on the kindness of others to fill his gas tank, offer him meals, provide shelter as he traveled literally around the world setting off from California. He had a lot of faith in kindness. He he really did. And he kept <laughs> saying that worst case he would just come back to yeah. his and, and it would be a failed mission. But I'm glad it didn't fail. Leon before was a successful broker in London. 
who had great financial success, but found himself feeling disconnected and depressed and extremely lonely, which I think is telling. He decided he needed a major life change and came up with a radical plan. He had done some other things before this, but this by far was his biggest venture. He planned to travel all the way around the world and rely on the kindness of strangers for his food, shelter, and gas. This broker-turned-kindness guru started in California and traveled across the United States first. His start in California was a rough one, and he noted that during his travels, 9 out of 10 people would tell him no. Oh. Which right there already, I'd be like, no his, thanks. His I statistics aren't good for this. No, I can't handle the rejection. Yeah, that'd be hard to keep asking. <laughs> and, and he didn't blame people because he knew it was craziness. But, well, there was one couple... That he might have blamed. In California, they both were, this man and woman were carrying Louis Vuitton shopping bags. And they said they couldn't help him. And he was like, I I really think that they, whatever. But um, he kept trying, explaining his experiment and hoping to witness the best in people. Yeah. What was heartwarming and amazing, seeing the kindness people showed Leon wasn't the best part of the story. Unbeknownst to the people who helped him out. When Leon was truly touched by a good Samaritan that gave him help, he surprised them with a gift. Oh, that's so cool. I know. This is the best part. Only his four-person crew and production team knew this secret. There were times he didn't have a place to sleep overnight, so he'd sleep in Kindness One. I know that. So a couple nights he had to sleep in that sidecar. Oh, wow. At least one night he slept on the beach, which sounds Uncomfortable. Better than sleeping that, uh, but do you, do you, how how old is this guy? Just curious. I want to say he's just a little bit younger than us. I, okay. I want to say I saw he mid to later seventies. Oh, okay. But, but don't quote me on that. Okay, I'm not gotcha. Sure, but, yeah, just um, curious. There was one night that he did sleep on the streets of Pittsburgh, and in a particularly rough area. At that crazy as it sounds, he had been invited to sleep there by Tony, a homeless man, who had a rough go with life. His father was killed when he was young, oh. and he ended up in the juvenile system for stealing food to help feed his family. Oh, and no. like hot yeah. dogs and, you know. Tony loved helping others, even if he didn't have anything really to offer. It was Tony who taught Leon that kindness is free. Oh. And no one, no one has an excuse to be anything other than kind. Tony gave him food, offered him new clothes, you know, because he felt like he wasn't sure he had enough underwear. So we brought him clothes from the shelter. Wow, that's so incredible. And he protected him. Like he took him under his wing and protected him. This man was homeless and absolutely had nothing of his own, but he shared whatever he had with Leon. And when they slept in that doorway, he he watched over him and protected him. Tony had no idea that due to his generous spirit, he would be gifted a scholarship to culinary school. Fast forward to some guys named Finesse and, and, and I'm not going to say these right, Tichelle offered him a very modest place to stay the night. These two guys had moved to France from Africa in hopes of a better life for their families. Leon looked around and was in disbelief that this place that yeah. they lived was actually preferable. Mainly because it was just so modest. Right. They had not a lot of space and just very, very and modest but these guys were living their passion making music even if it was on the streets playing for tourists and asking for money leon offered them an opportunity to have their music recorded oh wow how cool is that yay that's really cool i'm sad i don't speak their language the only thing i recognize from the run dmc 
video is the Run DMC shirt in the video. Besides that, I don't yeah. understand any of it. But you can tell, you can feel the happy and the right. energy in the it, the passion. Yeah, just the the feel good. Yeah, even without speaking French. And so you can go to www.tchale and finesse f i n e s s e dot com, and you can hear all of their music. Oh. It is it is very fun music. There was a man he met in Trieste, Italy, who was not only opening up his home for a safe place to sleep, but shows him a thing or two about fencing. <laughs> and and um, he witnesses the passion this man has for his art and offers training for a student with a master trainer. The man uh, that let him stay there opts to give another person oh, no this, way. this training. Oh. And the young man, so he, the reason he picked this young man is that he knew he had talent and he had lost his father and this young gentleman couldn't afford lessons. Oh, okay. So he asked for his gift to go to this young gentleman. And fast forward, I guess that young man went on to qualify for the 2020 Olympic Games <sighs> in fencing. So... When he started this journey in California, I found that too often those with a lot weren't willing to help others, and that trend carried to towns across Europe as well. Time and time again, he found it was those with particularly nothing who were willing to share what little they had, which huh. I think is very telling. It seems like it's upside down to me. It, it really is, but uh, you know, I've experienced that too, even with helping with like Boy Scouts and collecting food. Yeah. Sometimes... Areas that don't have as much share more than, and I, I don't know the reason for that, but I see what he means. There was a family in Montenegro, a country in the Balkans. They lived off the land as their ancestors had with several generations living in one house and everyone participating in daily chores. Didn't go over so much in the book, but in the <laughs> yeah. Netflix series, you know, it showed the little grandma out chopping wood oh. and hard labor. Yeah, but they, very physical. Very physical, and they seemed very happy. They took Leon in and fed him, and he decided to gift this family with a dairy cow. Oh. For them, that meant the world, as it yeah. would provide milk, they could make cheese, they could use it and sell it. So in Turkey, Leon crossed paths with Maimon, a man who had a passion for travel. They oh, just, their they paths, probably hit it off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> their paths crossed, and, and they started chatting. And come to find out, he and his cousin had a nonprofit of sorts that they provide necessary equipment and volunteer training to rescue people during natural disasters, with accidents, etc., the cousins took him in, and they swapped stories like old friends. Aww. It's heartwarming how close Leon becomes with these complete strangers just because of their kindness. Wow. Yeah. So he gifted the cousins with rescue equipment. And I just love the spirit of this. Neither group was doing it for themselves. And it was just so encouraging to see that there are pieces of hope all across the world. Leon ends up needing Another favor for Maymont when he decides to load Kindness One into a cargo plane and fly over Iran and Pakistan. Okay, wow. There was a conflict going on in the journey. It made the area just too difficult for him to drive through. Okay. So once again, it was a reminder that kindness in the end pays off. Wow, yeah. When he lands in India, the extreme poverty is just really hard to see. Between the heat and the humidity, this English guy struggled. One man, one man on the street laughed 
And when he saw Leon, and oh. um, he said that because Leon was complaining about the temperature and the humidity and all of that, and and the young guy laughed and said that Leon was actually visiting during a cooler time. Oh, which I thought was kind of funny, but. Reading about the poverty was hard enough, but when I watched the episode on Netflix, it was almost too much. Reminded me of episode 11 where he went into oh, Melinda Gates and yeah. she wanted to do just her mission and her heart for the people of India. Yeah. This really just made me see why. Yeah. Extreme poverty. Uh, yeah. And- there were shacks made out of cardboard and garbage was everywhere. But surprisingly, smiles were everywhere too. Many of the people were just happy and content with what they had. So the kind gentleman here who opened up his house for Leon to stay worked as a rickshaw driver. Oh, okay. They had a small house with one bed where the entire family slept. And I say house very liberally. The parents, they had two young boys. And when they had Leon over, they opted to, the the wife was pregnant. They opted to sleep on the floor because he was a guest. So they put him in the bed. And his boys were on the other side. That's some it, crazy it, hospitality. No, it, and there were times that they would go without food, depending Gosh, on business. Yeah. So school for the children cost money, and that was just a luxury they couldn't afford. So you can probably yeah, foreshadowing get yeah. it's coming, but um, they didn't know this because he rented the rickshaw. He automatically had to pay five hundred rupees, which I guess is like seven dollars a day. On some days, he didn't even make that seven dollars. So he didn't even make the rent. You can imagine the stress on this poor dad. Leon gifted him with his own rickshaw. And there's a picture in the book of the whole family in front of the rickshaw. It's interesting because they don't necessarily look happy, but I think it's just they're excited. It's a cultural thing. But fast forward to the end of the book. And Leon talks about visiting. His name was Debru. And Debru's watching this little girl Leon assumes that it's his daughter because he's just being so attentive and sweet with her. But come to find out, she's the daughter of a friend who's at work. Okay. So he's just babysitting out of the kindness of her heart. And because he sees need and he's helping out others. And I'm just blown away with this man's selflessness. I mean, he doesn't have much, but what he does have is a giver. And some. Yeah. At one point, Leon comes across a statue of Mother Teresa. Who left? We'll oh, have to do her at one yes, point for oh. sure. That might be like a five part, five part podcast. Yeah. But she left for Calcutta at age seventeen. She'd say, "It's only through loving one another we might love ourselves." Oh. Which I thought was fitting because Leon embarked on this whole experiment to search for more purpose in his life. Yeah. So he visited an orphanage in Calcutta where the children were happy but had very little to play with, no books to read, and unsafe drinking water. Leon witnessed children throwing up in the middle of the night after they were drinking the water. Um, But they had no option, so they still, they were drinking it just even though they knew it. Despite all this, you could sense the joy the children had. They just, they were happy. The gift for the orphanage was cricket gear. Oh, Um, fun. He gave them soccer balls. He filled a new library with a thousand books. That's great. And he had two water purifiers installed so the kids could have safe water for drinking and cooking. Talk about pulling on heartstrings. No kidding. I just feel like we take so much for granted. As you're reading this, yeah. it's some so basic. Yeah, it is. And we do take so much for granted. Yeah. Drinking water, we take for granted. Right. One thing I loved, loved, loved was something he learned about in Bhutan. Bhutan's a small country near Tibet and Nepal and sandwiched between India and China. 
at the base of the Himalaya Mountains. Bhutan is largely agricultural-based, but the ecotourism is on the rise. It only opened its borders to foreigners in the 70s, and its remote location has left it one of the most untainted natural areas in the world. What makes Bhutan even more remarkable, just as the other countries carefully measure their gross national product, yeah. Bhutan measures its gross national happiness. Oh, wow. Which works in right <laughs> with Leon. The official policy of the government is to promote the welfare and happiness of its citizens. The country follows the Buddhist principle of measuring what you have versus what you don't have. Materialism is frowned upon. Preserving the environment is one of the pillars of Bhutanese happiness. Oh. Which yeah. works so much with what Greta's saying and, and Earth Month. The government started surveying 8,000 random citizens every five years with over 300 questions about different aspects of life to measure happiness and to give the country insight on what it can do to increase the overall happiness of the citizens. I just love it. That's a super cool. That it's like a focus or an actual standard or something that they want to attain. I mean, we think that they're so far behind us, but really, I feel like they're so far ahead of us. Yeah. While most of Leon's stories are about kindness shown to him, by other people and the gifts he's given in return, there are some disturbing parts of the story as well, which I did appreciate that he included these because not everything is rosy. In Kosovo, there are bullet holes in the walls, along the shops and in the houses and on the streets from war in the late 1990s, where the majority Serbians killed over 13,000 Albanians in mm-hmm. what can only be described as genocide. He speaks with a man whose family worked to save Albanians through a secret tunnel. Oh, I mean, he went and yeah. walked through the tunnel. And this particular man had a, a child actually die in his arms during that oh. conflict. The man that he's interviewing is like our age. Wow. Oh my and gosh. I just, I cannot even imagine experiencing yeah. that. But also in his visit in Cambodia, he toured the killing fields. Oh. And, yeah. and the tour guide went over the history of the the killing fields um, where over a million Cambodians were killed by the Khmer Rouge in the late 1970s, particularly anybody who is considered to be an intellectual, oh. which included teachers and educated people. It was very hard to read about this, particularly from a mother's heart, because yeah. I guess they just, the, the things that these people went through. While not the focus of the book or the TV series, these dark times have impacted these cultures tremendously and shaped their worldviews. But the lesson here is that these people have lived through truly tragic events, and yet they still find it in their hearts to be kind to strangers. Part of what you see in the show is Leon asking people over and over to help him out. He gets rejected a lot, like a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just surprised he keeps going. He's gone all this way. Yeah, yeah. I and but I get it. The guy, I mean, he's a stranger. He's asking for a place to stay. Right. He's asking for food, gas for his bike. He did. I mean, I think it was easier to get people to fill up the tank of his bike than it was to place to stay. But that would make most of us super uncomfortable being put in that situation. But on a few occasions, he's taken in by wealthier people. Like I said, that was not very common. Yeah. But the vast majority of the people that helped him out, they had very little of their own. 
These people just have super big hearts, despite having so little for themselves. Truly makes you wonder what acts of kindness you can do, particularly since most of us have more than the majority of these people that helped him. I know, that's what I keep thinking as you're telling me about this. I'm like, I mean, you feel like you aren't going to make an impact, but then this shows that, oh my gosh, the smallest thing, just domino effect with somebody. And while Leon's gift to these people may seem like just good television, they really have the power to change the lives of those who have shown Leon great acts of kindness. And I've only touched on a few of the people. I mean, there are more stories in there, but yeah. Leon reportedly spent over $200,000 of his own money on these gifts. And oh. the gifts have to be seen in the light of the culture as well. A gift of a cow yeah. you know, seems weird or yeah. might seem minor or little. But in other parts of the world, that gift, I mean, it means milk for the family and it's income. Right. So in India, the gift of an education is or access to books, that's life-changing. For sure. In Cambodia, a well-constructed sheet metal house is a lifesaver in monsoon season. So Leon's first trip for the Kindness Diaries took him from California across the U.S., to New York on a cargo ship across the Atlantic to France. I mean, he has a whole chapter on that whole experience with the, with, <laughs> with the guys on the cargo ship. That would probably be a but, good story. <laughs> he he enjoyed Did he get seasick? Um, <laughs> but, but he kind of got tired and then started helping. He was like, how can I help these guys? But oh, um, from France, he travels to Italy, Croatia, Bosnia, Montenegro, Kosovo, Albania, Greece, Turkey, India, Bhutan. Thailand, Cambodia, and Vietnam. Holy moly. And then he gets on another cargo ship back to Canada, and that has a whole other story where he helps a dog rescue. Oh. Which, of course, is I, all of these I love. But Does it say how long he was gone? I'm just curious. Um, I, or, so I saw that in this one it was like five and a half months. Okay. He has another season where it's, it's three and a half months where he goes from Alaska in the north to Argentina in the south. Um, the Kindness Diary Season 1 can be found on Amazon Prime, even though it was originally developed for Netflix. And the Kindness Diary Season 2 exists, but I couldn't find it on a streaming service currently, oh. carrying it. But I am going to track it down, as <laughs> I loved Season 1 as well as the book. It's pretty amazing that this guy was actually able to travel the globe yeah, purely on kindness of others. There were a few nights he spent sleeping in the sidecar seat of his bike, and like I said, the night at the beach, but for the most part, he found a suitable place to sleep and kind people to fill his tank and his stomach for the journey. He noted that the camera crew followed him, but they were instructed to stay back to make sure to keep it as authentic as possible so people were being true. I'm sure he met his fair share of unkind people, but I love that he focused on the power of kindness. Like I said, 9 out of 10 people said no. So I'm sure there were yeah. plenty of jerks out there. But he focused on the kindness and the kind the, the 1 out of 10. That helped yeah. It's refreshing to have that spin in a world full of negativity. I know it's not a traditional Earth Month story, but I think it's a good reminder that we're all the same on this beautiful planet. Kindness is a universal language that bonds us, and we really just all want to be seen. My takeaway, I want to um, keep working on seeing people with yeah. every interaction. I have the power, and I need to aim for that kindness 24-7. Leon, it reminded me of uh, Lady Gaga. He was bullied as a kid. Oh. and um, Maybe getting the like, empathy. And- it, yeah, he was not happy. He was. I always saw himself as a loner, 
and like he didn't do well in school, but he had a teacher who left a lifelong impact on him. And he talks about her a ton because she believed in him. And so I think that that also spoke to me because it, it reminds you that the power of one can make such a difference. Like this guy is out there trying to spread good news around the world. Yeah. And he wouldn't have done that had a teacher not believed in him. The quote that, that spoke to me, I'm shocked that I didn't pick something from Mother Teresa, but he spoke about Muhammad Ali and how strong he was and that you wouldn't mess with Muhammad right. Ali. Yeah. But at the same time, he was kind and compassionate and had a good heart. And so this, I think, was my was my quote for this. Impossible is just a big word thrown around by small men who find it easier to live in the world they've been given than to explore the power they have to change it. Oh. Yeah. Impossible is not a fact. It's an opinion. Impossible is not a declaration. It's a dare. Impossible is potential. Impossible is temporary. Impossible is nothing. So this week's feel good story was so sweet. It it made me cry. (laughs) Many of them do. I know. As I'm reading, but. Uh, last year, a six-year-old little boy from Georgia named Cooper stopped his local FedEx guy, Ferrara, and asked him if he would deliver his skateboard to his hero, Tony Hawk. Oh, how can you say no? I know. I mean, even though he can't, but how can you say no to that? I know. And Cooper's skateboard was old. The deck was totally worn out. And he had handwritten Tony's name on one end and his own on the other. You talking about this is going to make me teary. To create his signature board. Uh, Ferrara didn't want to let him down, so he did a TikTok video to reach out to Tony Hawk. And then within a couple of hours, he checked his phone and he was tagged by Tony Hawk. And Tony Hawk responded with a video, which is so cute, thanking Cooper for giving him his skateboard and told him he was going to send the one he was just riding. Mm. Hot got in touch with uh, Ferrara, who delivered the board to Cooper. Yeah, I just love this story because my husband and I are big fans of Tony Hawk. Mm-hmm. We have been watching him over the years on X Games. We even named our son Riley after Tony's son. <laughs> I know that is so corny. He's I'm like, embarrassed because I get him confused with the snowboarder. Oh, Sean school. White? Sean White, yes. Yeah. I get those two confused. Yeah. We love the X Games. So we, I, know, I, I know them all. I mean, no, I'm, not, I'm not super sporty. I guess I'm just a cheer side enthusiast. He's an, actually, Tony Hawk's a really incredible person. He used his clout as skateboarding uh, legend to back communities around the world. He started a foundation 20 years ago called the Skate Parks Project, whose mission is to provide safe and inclusive parks in underserved areas across the U.S. Aww. I know. You know, skate parks offer space for creativity. What, what age bracket is Tony? Is he like our age? He's, I think. Because he started this 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, a, he's about our age. Okay. Yeah. Which, notice, we are not saying. How old we are, but you guys <laughs> can figure it out. But. Okay. Yeah. So, but like during the pandemic, he became, it became clear to the foundation they needed to continue with these projects mm-hmm. in communities. And they had to be really innovative a lot of virtual you know planning and Mm -hmm. but i I love that they kept moving forward his website skatepark.org has a lot of really cool tools one of them i noticed is a map of the u.s you could put your zip code in and it will show you local 
Oh, skate parks. Skate parks. So, like, if you want to go, you know. Yeah. Does he do, like, do they do tricks on that, I wonder? Or teach you tricks? Or? I didn't, I mean, yeah, that, yeah. I didn't see any of that, but it did just how to get involved. Oh, and then how you're to, already a skateboarder. Yeah, and how to access okay. it. And then, of course, he's got some really cool, fun gear on there, too. Mm-hmm. So, I just thought it was a really story. Oh, yeah, totally all the feels. Like and subscribe. Follow Transgential Inspiration on Facebook and Instagram.